Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Colin Squires. Good morning. It is great to be with you this morning. My name's Colin. Um, I'm uh, the new people director here for Kingdom Faith Church. I'm also assistant congregation leader here in Horsham. And it is, as I said, a great honour to be here with you this morning. Um, I've got to remember that we're live this morning, so I mustn't swear. Uh, because unlike the earlier messages earlier in lockdown that Pastor Clive brought, we can't edit it out. So, um, no, I'm only joking, Pastor Clive. Pastor Clive and Pastor Jane have got a break this week and uh, much deserved as well. We love you guys. We hope you're having a fantastic time. I think they're watching this morning. So um, kick back, put your feet up and just... Let God minister to you. That's, that's my prayer this morning. We love you guys. So this morning, uh, I want to kick off with a little bit of a story. Now, many of you who are watching this will probably know my wife, Kate. She is amazing, at least I think so. And I'm sure that every day that I know her, she becomes more and more beautiful, more and more wonderful. Uh, just the most amazing mum to our daughter. She is awesome. I love her. We've known each other for about 12 years now, and we actually met at Bible College. I was on staff as an intern, and she had just come as a student. And do you know those romantic films or like Disney films when kind of the guy and the girl are just moving through a crowded room, and then suddenly their eyes meet across the space, and there's sparks and magic, and they just both know that whole love at first sight thing? That didn't happen with us. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't it at all. For us, it was maybe indifference at first sight at best. We were not interested in each other at all. But we did become friends. And over the next year or so, when she moved out and was still at the Bible College, but she was, uh, was non-residential, she lived around the corner from myself and Nick Jordan, who were living together at the time. And we invested in that friendship. When she needed a bike to start going to work, I gave them a bike. When she known that Nick and I had had a long week with work and everything else that was going on, she brought us over a lasagna that she made. You know, we were investing in friendship. About a year later, she went off to uh, Birmingham for university and was coming and visiting in Horsham. And we went out for just to catch up, see how you're doing as friends. And something happened. It was like my eyes were opened. I went, goodness me, how I've never seen this before. This girl, she's gorgeous and she's interesting and she's lovely. Not I didn't think you were interesting before, my love. It's OK. But, you know, all this stuff was going on. I was like, how did I never notice this? Um, but I thought, ah, it's OK. She lives in Birmingham. It's probably not meant to be. It's a long way. Oh, well. But something happened where I thought, I want to invest more in this friendship. And so did she. And so over the next year, we met up with other friends and stuff, and we started to learn to have conversations that weren't just about the latest episode of Top Gear as it was before, but started to be a bit more about the important things in our lives and what was going on. We became better friends. And of course, bit by bit, as we got to know each other better, of course, we started to fancy each other. How could she not? And um, we started going out. And then our relationship looked a bit different. We started to invest in that relationship in another way. We started to find out about, were we compatible? Do we like the same kind of thing? Um, I remember uh, for a while, we were, I was taking her out on dates and I would just tell her what to wear and when I'd pick her up. And so one day it was like, oh, wear an old T-shirt. You don't mind getting dirty. Picked her up and we went pottery painting. Oh, lovely. Another time it was like jeans and a t-shirt and we went to the cinema. Another time uh, it was wear a nice dress and we went salsa dancing. And another time it was wear like some joggers or something like you'd wear to the gym. And I took a kickboxing. And uh, you might think that's a bit of a weird date. But I tell you, you really learn something about your, you know, potential future spouse when you go to a kickboxing class. I learned that my wife has a mean flying knee strike and that I never want to make her angry if I'm not wearing full body pads and armour. So 
it was a very important part of our kind of getting to know each other and investment kind of time. Later, we got engaged. And of course, when we were engaged, our conversation changed. It deepened. We started to talk about things like where would we live? How many kids do we want to have? And we started investing in our relationship in that way. Of course, I've, I've handily skipped over the part where that awkward bit where as a guy, of course, you're trying to really impress a girl. And I remember when we went to Montenegro on holiday with a bunch of other friends to visit some other friends who were living there, that there was the point where we went down to the beach. And of course, you know, it's very hot and you take your shirt off. And I was like, I'll be right back, I need the loo, and disappeared to the loo, did a quick 20 push-ups to sort of really, you know, hench up and came back out, sort of like, okay, let's go. Should we uh, go this way or that way? Maybe this way. And I think all it managed to achieve was that she thought I had chronic constipation because the whole week I was walking trying to flex my muscles like this. I know you can't tell that now, lockdown has not been kind to these bad boys, but there were parts of our relationship where we were investing in different ways. And then when we got married, we decided after a few years to go to the marriage course. The marriage course, this is, by the way, a plug for the marriage course, is amazing. We, we just wanted to keep investing in our marriage, our relationship. This course is fantastic. And as soon as we can run it again, if you're married, get signed up. This is fantastic. We're going to look a bit more about that later. But then now we've got a daughter and investing in our relationship looks different again. It maybe means more going for walks with our daughter in the pushchair so we can just spend some more time together and chatting and things like that in the busyness of life, even busyness over lockdown. And uh, the point I want to make is along our relationship as it's developed, at no point have we ever thought we can stop investing. We're done. We have achieved marital nirvana. That's it, you know. We have the perfect relationship. No, we always are wanting to invest in that relationship. And I believe that that is what God wants to say to us today. He has got more for us in the relationship that we have for him. And just like he says in, or the writer of the book of Song of Songs says, he says, come away with me, my beloved one, my darling. God is calling us to know him better, to know him deeper, to come and spend some time with him, maybe in a new way. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Now, Pastor Clive started talking about this last week, about knowing God. And we're very much going to follow on from that this week. And this doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You know, we talk about knowing God a lot here, but of course we would. It's part of the key that God has given us as a church, this discipleship pathway to know God, to live in freedom, to discover our purpose and to make a difference. And it's not like the know God bit stops. You know, if I said, do you know Jesus? And you went, oh yeah, nice guy. Five, nine, long, dark hair? Yeah, yeah, I know Jesus. You know, that's not what knowing God is. It's far more than that. But it's also not a checkbox. Yep, know God, moving on. Now I focus on the freedom bit. Now I focus on the making a difference or discovering on purpose. No, it all comes out of knowing God. We discover our purpose as we discover more about who he is. We find our freedom as we discover more about who he is and what he's got for us in relationship. So, as I say, we're going to follow on from that. Now, we're going to look today about how we can do that really practically. Oh, today, I felt God said, make this practical, what we can do. Now, of course, we could take every, every message every Sunday for the rest of our lives all about how to know God better and how to know him deeper and more. And we would still have more to say. There would still be more to say because he is so vast. He's so incredible. He's so amazing. And so many facets of his character. We just, we'd run out of time. But nevertheless, that's what I feel he's saying this morning is come deeper. So we're going to look at this morning in this knowing God deeper in the context of 
marriage. Now, you might think, think well, that's a little bit odd because I'm not married to God, or especially maybe if you're a guy like me, thinking that's a bit of a weird way to look at this, isn't it? But I assure you, it is not. First of all, God, as we know, created marriage. It was his idea in the first place. And right from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is full of examples and references to, or comparisons to marriage. So whether it's the parable of the 10 virgins or Jesus saying, I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house, there are many rooms, or whether it's the marriage supper of the lamb in Revelation, all of these are references to marriage or Jewish traditional marriages. Also, uh, do you know John the Baptist, he refers to himself as Jesus's best man. Jesus refers to himself as the bridegroom and the church throughout the Bible is referred to as the bride. And of course, Paul tells us husbands in Ephesians to love our wives as Christ loved the church. It is no coincidence that marriage is supposed to reflect the kind of relationship that God wants with us. And indeed, God has within himself as the Trinity, but that's another message for another time. But this is what God wants to say to us is through, I believe this morning is through marriage. Now, I firstly just wanna give a quick caveat. If you are not married, this is not in any way saying that somehow marriage reflects a greater glory than singlehood does. Not at all, by no means is that what I'm saying. And nor is it if you're not married that you're somehow missing out or there's less or anything like that. In fact, Paul was pretty strong with this. Actually, he's like, well, I wish everyone could be single because actually you can serve God more and it's, you know, in that way, maybe it's even better. Um, but regardless, I just want to make that really clear. Today is not about marriage, husband and wife. We're just going to take some principles that we can learn through that, that God gives us to apply to our relationship with God. Today is about us and Jesus. So, with that out of the way, welcome to the marriage course, but not between husband and wife, between us and God. So this is the marriage course booklet. Now this is what goes with the marriage course if you're doing it, you know, husband and wife marriage, not what we're doing today. But we're gonna take some of the headings today and just look briefly through some really practical applications of what does this look like for our relationship with God? So bear in mind that, that this is just an overview, as I said, we can't go, well, we could, but it would take years and years and years to go through each one of these things in real depth. So just an overview. But I want to encourage you right now, if you've not already, grab a notepad, a pen and paper or your phone or something you can make some notes with. Because when my wife and I, Kate, we were going through this marriage course and um, it was beautiful. There was like fantastic food and we were sat watching a video and that kind of thing. And at some point they would be talking about something that Kate obviously thought was a really good idea for us because I would get a swift kick in my knee saying, yeah, that's it. So for, for example, when they suggested maybe a date night once a week might be a really good idea. Kick, oh, okay, <laughs> I think you, you think that's a good idea. Or, you know, does somebody always think that they're the one who's always right in the marriage and then I get kick, you you know, so whatever it might be, whether something comes up where Kate thought, yeah, this would be great for us, or yeah, I thought it would be great for us. Maybe I'd give her a nudge as well. And we kind of, like our eyes would catch. We'd go, yeah, this, let's do this. This would be brilliant for us. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that for you this morning. That as we're going through some of these really practical, you might think some of these really basic things that the Holy Spirit, I believe, is gonna give you a nudge at some point, maybe two or three points where he just goes, hey, this is something I've got for you. This is something for us. This, if you start doing this, applying this, it's gonna help draw us closer together. You're gonna come into a whole new understanding of my love, of the Father's love for you. Let's make this part of our relationship or in a deeper way. So get your notepad or your phone. I really encourage you to do that. And 
don't maybe make a note of everything I say. You don't need to do that. But make a note if the Holy Spirit just gives you a nudge of this. This is a key for you. Okay. So let's crack on. So we're going to start. Our first heading is building strong foundations. Now, Pastor Clive spoke about this last week, so we're not going to go into too much detail into this one. But I just want to read you the passage that he brought last week. Matthew 7, 24 to 25 says this. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. Again, Pastor Clive spoke about this, but the word, the Bible, this is our firm foundation. It is what, it's the book that tells us what God is like. Now, we sometimes use this example when we're talking about maybe uh, gnosko, the word that Pastor Clive was speaking about last week, the word knowledge, which we're coming on to a little bit later. Um, but the idea that we don't just know kind of an up here knowledge, but an experiential knowledge. So either I prepared this. This is the book of Kate. This is the book all about my wife. And in it, I've written, I've spent ages doing this just for this very morning, uh, for an example. But in it is so much information about her likes, her dislikes, her, you know, attributes, who she is, her history, her past, her future, everything. And if I read everything there was to know about her in this book, I might know her pretty well up here. I might know about her, but I wouldn't know her experientially. Now, this is where it's different in the Bible. Because the Bible isn't just a book. Now, it might sometimes feel like just a book if you were just to open it one day and just to read it. But here's the difference. The Holy Spirit wants to bring the Bible alive to us. Jesus himself calls, says that he is the word made flesh. So this Bible is not just a book. It doesn't just create head knowledge here. Reading it with the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit, just say, Holy Spirit, could you come and bring Jesus alive to me through these words? Come and help make this real and alive to me. This kind of reading of the Bible brings God alive to us and relationship with him. But it also, it's the measuring stick by which we understand everything about God. If you have a feeling about God of, oh, I just feel like God's a bit grumpy with me today, or I just feel like he's really like disappointed and he's pointing his finger at me today. The Bible is how we can know, well, that's a feeling that's not true because the Bible tells me that there's no condemnation for me in Christ. It tells me that I'm his peculiar treasure, that he, I'm his beloved, the apple of his eye. So it's our measuring stick. So it's really, really important. So here's the practical bit. If this is what the Holy Spirit's prompting to you, how could you get more into the Bible? Now, for me recently, I've started putting my headphones in and listening to the Bible on audiobook, and it's brilliant. I love it. I'm getting so much out of it. Maybe um, you might read a book of the Bible that you've never read before, or maybe you want to take the one year Bible in a year challenge, which we've got on the website at the moment, where you read the whole Bible in a year. And maybe the Holy Spirit's highlighting this to you. Write that down. Just find something in the Word, something really practical. If you don't read it much, maybe just start with a psalm every day or read the Gospel of Luke, whatever it looks like. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But building a firm foundation, the Word, that's number one. We're going to move on. We'll come on to some of these others in a little bit more depth. Number two is the art of communication. Communication is the cornerstone of any relationship. I mean, without it, we just can't understand each other. We become like loggerheads. We're just, just hitting up against each other. We can't move on. But... God has given us this amazing gift in communication. And Pastor Jane spoke about this a few weeks ago, tongues. And when she spoke about that, 
it's something that really sort of like, it, it moved something in me. And I found since then, I've been speaking in tongues so much more and praying in tongues so much more. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, this is a key for you, Colin. And so I wanted to invest in it a bit more, find out a bit more about it, sort of highlight it in, my, in myself a bit more. So I went and, uh, and I downloaded the audio book. Again, I'm listening to a lot of audio books at the moment of Jackie Pullinger's Chasing the Dragon. And Jackie Pullinger was a missionary who went out, or is a missionary who went out to the walled city in Hong Kong as was and started to minister to the prostitutes and the drug addicts who were there. And she saw her ministry transformed almost overnight uh, when she started to pray in tongues. So she was filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. And it's just an incredible, amazing story. And if you want to get a bit more excited about what the gift of tongues can do in the life of a believer, I encourage you to get that book. It is just amazing, amazing book, amazing story. And God has given us this gift to communicate to him. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, anyone who speaks in a tongue speaks to God. So if this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, Maybe just spend a few minutes every morning speaking in tongues or in the car on the way to work if you're going to work or, you know, on the sofa when you're working from home in your pyjamas, whatever it might be. Um, if you don't pray in tongues, you've not received that gift. It's something that God wants to release in you and revolutionise your prayer life. And so if that's you, you're like, yeah, I want this, but I've not had this yet. Please drop us an email, info at kingdomfaith.com. Love to spend some time with you and see you activated in that gift and receive that gift. So... Uh, it might just not just be tongues, it might be praying throughout the day, just little bits, just practicing this attitude of gratitude, thanking God, just little times. I know that sometimes just a quick text or a call to my wife, just say, hey, how are you doing? I love you, can make such a difference because it helps us focus on what's important in our lives and how important to also say, Jesus, I love you, you're awesome. Maybe just invite him into something that you're doing that you wouldn't normally invite him into, whatever that might look like, whether it's work or a sport or whatever, inviting him in. Now, there's loads more we could say about talking to God, but also, of course, communication is not just us to him, it's him to us. Pastor Clive brought a great bit of encouragement in one of the Horsham updates a few weeks ago about writing down what God has said. And if you've never tried this before, I encourage you to try this. And if it sounds a bit daunting, maybe start with just the Bible. Read a bit of the Bible and then write down what is God saying to you through that. Again, if the Holy Spirit's highlighting something about this to you, about spending some time talking or listening to God, write it down in your notes. Three, resolving conflict. We're about halfway through. Resolving conflict. If Kate and I ever have a disagreement, we usually know who's right. It's her. It's, yeah, it's nearly always her. Um, but with a conflict with God, which hopefully rarely happens, we know who is definitely always right. It's always him. <laughs> now, sometimes we might have a little bit of a, a sense of disappointment in God or a sense of anger in God. God, how could you let that happen? Something like that. And there's a bit of a sense of maybe conflict in that sense. That's not really what I'm talking about, although this practically does apply as well. The Bible tells us that the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have the spirit of God inside us and the word that takes down every spirit that comes against us, whether it's depression, anxiety, fear, whether it's a sense of isolation, whatever it might be that feels like it's distancing you from God and that relationship you have with him, you can come against that thing and tear it 
down. And even if it's that thought of, God, I'm angry at you or whatever, we can, we can do the same with those kind of thoughts. We take those thoughts captive and say, no, I refuse to carry on thinking that way because, and then we can speak the truth about what God says about us. I have the mind of Christ. I will think about what is right, what is noble, what is admirable, what is praiseworthy. I'll think on these things. We can do that. So let's just give a little personal example. A few weeks back into lockdown, I found myself struggling. I would read the Bible and it was like, it was twisted. It was like something of condemnation was coming out through it that I was, I was reading. And I know that is not God's best for me. And I was with Pastor Clive and I said, can we just pray about this thing? And we just came against it and we just said, you know, that's it, no more, cut that off, get out, not gonna believe that kind of thing anymore. And the next day when I opened my Bible, I couldn't believe that I ever thought that was what it was saying before. It was like it just transformed because something of the enemy, something of a spirit was trying to twist what the, the word was meaning to me. Just like the devil did with Jesus in the wilderness saying, well, doesn't God say this and try to twist it with a different meaning. So we can come against those things and cut them off and our own thoughts, we take them captive. So resolving conflict, we resolve the conflict by destroying the conflict that comes against us in our lives. Number four is the power of forgiveness. Now, if you don't feel very close to God, if you feel like you're really struggling in your relationship with him or feel like you're far from him and you know that there's somebody in your life that you're withholding forgiveness from, I can tell you that is gonna be the reason, almost certainly the reason you feel like it's just difficult to connect with God is unforgiveness. The Bible's really, really clear on this one. And the reason it's so clear is because God doesn't want there to be any separation between him and us. It says in Matthew 6, 15, if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. So we can't come to him like that if we are, and be that closeness with him if we're withholding forgiveness. Now, I actually brought a message on this as did Simon Coles uh, last year, in the summer last year. And if this is something that's you, the Holy Spirit's really highlighted to you, I encourage you to go and listen to that. But we don't need to wait until we've heard another message or anything like that to deal with this, we can deal with this kind of thing right now. So if this is something that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you, I encourage you right now on the notes, just write that person's name down. Rather than pray right now, we're, gonna, we're just going to get to the end of these few points and then we're going to pray and we're going to address this. But make a note of that and write it down, okay? Don't let this move on. Don't wait till you feel like forgiving or anything like that. If the Holy Spirit's highlighting it now, act now, amen? Number five, the impact of family. Now, in the marriage course, this is really in reference to in-laws and the culture that we're from and all that kind of thing. But you know what? It applies to our relationship with God as well. If your experience of a father, for example, has not been very good, then it can be really difficult to relate to God as father. I want to ask you this question. Do you find out of the, the three persons of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is there one that you relate to better and one that you find harder to relate to? Maybe you relate to Jesus, yeah, he's amazing. He saved me, he's my redeemer, he set me free, brilliant. The Holy Spirit, yeah, he comes and speaks to me, he leads me, he guides me. Oh, but the Father, I, oh, that's a difficult one. Then I'll encourage you to, to do what we've got here, what God's speaking about here, is to change our perception, our thinking of who the Father is in line with, again, the Bible and the truth. So, we could do a whole message just on this, just about who the Father is. And we're gonna, again, come and have a, a, a time to just pray through some of this stuff in a little bit during the response after this. But again, if this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, then write it down now. Because we don't wanna live missing out on the Father's goodness, amen? Now, number six might seem a little bit of a weird one, 
the title of number six in the marriage course is Good Sex. And you might think, okay, well, this is just really doesn't apply now. This is a mixed metaphor. We can't apply that to our relationship with God. That is just weird. But hold on one second. Now, of course, that is not in a physical way, of course, what we're talking about. But there is something that God really wants to highlight here, I believe, about intimacy with him. Now, Pastor Clive again spoke last week about this word, ginosko, and he showed how the word means not just to know like, like I know that actor on TV, oh yeah, what have I seen him before? I know him from such and such. No, that would be like to recognize. And that, the Greek word for that one is eido, E-I-D-O. That's the word that is used when um, the Apostle Peter is uh, denying Christ three times. You know, the whole cockerel crowing thing bit when Jesus has been arrested. And he says, woman, he's accused of, do you know Jesus? You, I think I recognize you, don't you know Jesus? And he says, woman, I don't know him. Now the word he uses, I don't recognize him. I've never seen him before, is what he's saying. But this word, ginosko, that's not what that word is. This is a deep, intimate knowledge. This is the same word that Mary used in Luke chapter 1, 34, when the angel says to her, you're going to have a baby, baby Jesus. And she says, how can this be? How can I be pregnant with Jesus since I'm a virgin? Or the literal translation, since I do not know a man. I do not ginosko a man. So this word that, we, that Jesus is used for knowledge, for I know you, for um, that Paul says, I want to know God, this, this knowledge of knowing God doesn't just mean a, yeah, I kind of heard about him, but it's equated to the intimacy between a husband and wife that brings about birth of something new, that you could not be more intimate, that the Bible describes this kind of knowing as becoming one flesh. So this word ginosko means it's describing becoming one. So um, this is actually, I find this really fascinating, is this is not just even New Testament. If you go back to the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, there's a reference, this verse that says, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Now the word here is in Hebrew, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, yada. But again, it's the same word that is used in Genesis 4, 1, when Adam knew, he yada, Eve, his wife, and she conceived. Same word in Hebrew, same principle. Now, I also find this interesting, but in the third century BC, um, when the majority of the Jewish people started to uh, lose the Hebrew language, they stopped speaking so much in the Hebrew language, they were speaking Alexandrian dialect or Hellenistic Greek or Koine Greek, the Greek of the, of the New Testament, the Bible. And so the uh, Jewish scholars were worried about people forgetting how to read the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament. And so they translated it into the Koine Greek, into Biblical Greek. This was before Jesus, before the New Testament, third, third century BC, and they wrote it. And so they translated this word, yada, as you've guessed it, ginosko. So this knowing is so closely linked to an intimacy that means becoming one flesh and bearing children. So I think this is something that God really wants to speak to us and, and apply in our lives here. Now, this, this thing we're talking about isn't something that's, you know, like done on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like it's an intimate, personal, really personal thing. And I believe that what God wants to link this to in, in two things in our lives, what the Holy Spirit wants to highlight. First is worship. And the first is taking aside time with Jesus when it's just us. There's a, a verse that I think is translated beautifully in the message, Matthew 6, 6. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a, a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play, to act out, to kind of, you know, like put on a show. 
to God, but just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. That's the Bible speaking. That's what God is calling us to do. Come and find a quiet place. I had a, a decision to make a, a few weeks back, a couple of months ago maybe now, and I just needed some time, some space. And I went out for a drive and the middle of nowhere, somewhere near Haywards Heath, I don't even know where it is, I'm not sure if I could get there again. And I found a church in the middle of nowhere and I just pulled up the car and, and I got out, don't worry, this is in time after lockdown, it was, it was okay, it was okay to do. And I um, found this church and I just went and sat under a tree and put out uh, my jacket on the floor and I lay back and I lay on the floor and just looked up and I just felt God say, Connor, all these things you want to ask me and all these things you want to talk about, just don't worry. I, I already know. What I want you to do is just be still. Just be still. And he started to minister to me. I found it really hard. I found it really hard. I wanted to tell, oh, but I've got about this and what about this? He's just, no, shh. Just be still. And if you're finding that at the moment in your life, stillness seems to be sorely missing, then I encourage you, if this is what the Holy Spirit's highlighting to you, come and find a quiet place. Come away, come aside, come away, my darling, my beloved one. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. And just worship. Just have some time to just reflect on my goodness, God says, just who I am. Worship maybe in the midst of even, I don't feel like it or I don't have the time, I'm not in the mood. Worship him because it's what brings the intimacy that we so need in our lives. And we don't want to forget the second half of that verse in Daniel. Those who know their God will do great exploits. It's what Pastor Clive was linking to in the verse where Jesus is saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. It starts with a relationship and then his kingdom comes from that relationship. If this is what the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you, I encourage you, take some time out. Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's even once a month, maybe it's every day, whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you, it's not about how much, how long, anything like that. Just make some space, amen? And lastly, love in action. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity or the amazing privilege to lead someone to Jesus, to meet someone's need. God has used you to provide for somebody, something like that. I tell you that it's just this wonderful feeling of thankfulness to God, of God. I know that can't have been me. There's nothing of me in that. You're amazing. You're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. There's something that when we pour out of the love that God has given us, we come closer to him. Um, of course, there's that, that verse that says that we can't just love God. We have to also love our brother, those that we can see. We can't love God who we can't see. We can't love our brother who we can see. The two are one. We need to do both. And sometimes you might feel like, oh, I just feel like I'm, I'm far from God. Sometimes it's not because you're not praying enough or anything like that. It's just God saying, I, I just want you to identify with me more through pouring out, through knowing me better and all that I've got for you to, to go and do. Now, of course, our relationship is not based in what we do. It's based in who we are in him. But there's a doing that goes with it. And so uh, maybe if this is what the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you right now, write that down. Love in action. Love somebody. Meet someone's need. Go out of your way to speak to someone about the goodness of Jesus, whatever he might be showing you right now. And that's it. That's all I've got. I mean, for this morning, this is no sort of, I feel like, life-changing, incredible, wow, revelational word. It's just the basics. It's just spending some time with Jesus and just listening to him, talking to him, being real with him, inviting him into our day to day. But isn't that what relationship is really all about? It's not about the 
the big, fantastic, wow, fireworks moments. It's about the cultivating, the day-to-day, -day, the putting in the effort, like Pastor Clive was speaking last week, making time. And that's where the beauty is. That's where the joy is. That's where the fun is. So I want to encourage you just, if you've made any notes, just to look back through those. What were the things the Holy Spirit highlighted to you? And let's just pray them through now, just really simply. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray some stuff you might want to pray too, uh, and pray with me. But if it kind of seems like, well, that's not relevant, the Holy Spirit's leading me to pray this right now, just pray that. You can mute your TV, I don't mind. Just go and come, just pray, respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you now. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you want to draw us to your heart. Your purpose for us is to know you better and deeper to know all that you've got for us, to know the sonship that we have in you, to know the closeness we have in you, that you are a friend closer than a brother, that you are your master and Lord, provider, healer, you're all those things. And you want us to live in the good of all that you are to us. And right now I wanna pray for anyone who feels like they've become so far off, so far from God, Maybe even if it's just been over lockdown, you found praying difficult or whatever it might be, you feel like it's been so long that there's now so much you would have to pray about or talk to about that it's almost there's no point. It would take too long. It's too much effort. It's too difficult. I've gone too far. In the name of Jesus, I want to cut off all of those thoughts, all that negativity. And I'll speak to you right now. God is the father of the prodigal son who is calling you in by name, who's waiting for you day by day. God is the one who's saying, I don't care what you've been, how far you've gone. I want to know you again like we knew each other before. I want you to know me. I want to show you that I've got a robe to put on you and a ring to put on your finger. In Jesus' name, I cut off any fear of coming back to Jesus. And I'll call you in. God is good and he's got good things waiting for you. If you've had a wrong view of Father, we're going to address that right now. I want to pray some of the word with you and over you. This is from Steps of Freedom in Christ by Neil T. Anderson. I think this is so powerful. This is powerful for me. You might want to pray this with me. I renounce the lie that my Father God is distant and uninterested in me, insensitive and uncaring, stern and demanding. And I joyfully accept the truth that my Father God is intimate and involved. He's kind and compassionate. He's accepting and filled with joy and love. I renounce the lie that my Father God is passive and cold, absent or too busy for me, impatient, angry or never satisfied with what I do. And I joyfully accept the truth that my Father God is warm and affectionate, always with me and eager to be with me, patient and slow to anger and delights in those who put their hope in his unfailing love. I renounce the lie that my Father God is mean, cruel or abusive. He's trying to take all the fun out of life, controlling or manipulative. And I joyfully accept the truth that my Father God is loving and gentle and protective. He is trustworthy and wants to give me a full life. His will is good, perfect and acceptable for me. He is full of grace and mercy and gives me freedom to fail. I reject the lie that my Father God is condemning or unforgiving, nitpicking or demanding perfectionist. My Father God is tender-hearted and forgiving. His heart and arms are always open to me. He's committed to my growth and proud of me as his growing child. I am the apple of his eye. 
Now, if right now, like me, when you first read this and prayed this, maybe you're just crying at just how amazing the Father is and how we can sometimes start to believe stuff that's not true about him. Father, forgive me for ever thinking that you're less than how amazing you are. And you found that really helpful. Send us an email and I'll see, I'm sure we can get this to you and you can keep praying this and keep speaking this truth over yourself. Now, if there's anyone that you need to forgive, this is a simple act we just say, Right now, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive so-and-so. Speak their name. Do this out loud. I choose to forgive you for whatever the hurt or whatever it might have been, whatever they've done. And I release you. I let you go. And I pray God's goodness and his blessing over you in Jesus' name. It's that simple. Whether you feel like it or not isn't part of the equation. It's that simple. It's a choice. Just like faith, it's a choice. Lastly, we're just gonna pray, Holy Spirit, would you lead us to apply this stuff, to live in the good of this stuff, that we wouldn't live religion of, I must do this and then I do this and I have to do it this many minutes and then I do move on to this. And if I do all those things, God will love me. Jesus, break that mentality off of us. The law was given through Moses, but grace came in the person of Jesus. You want relationship with us. You're a person, you're freedom. And Jesus, I thank you for freedom from that sense of religion of I must do, I must do. And Jesus, reveal your heart to us that we would go, God, I I don't want to do anything but. Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, I want to pray over us. That verse in Daniel that says, those who know their God will be strong and will do great exploits. And I speak over us as a body, as a church, as every person you are watching this right now, God has got great exploits for you to do. And just like Pastor Clive said last week, they're going to come out of your knowing him, that others might come to know him in that same way. Not know about him, but know him, become one with him intimately, be those those beloved ones. And I thank you, Jesus, that you want to see, we talk about harvest, you just don't, you don't want to just see numbers or just loads of people. You want to see so many people experiencing your love and goodness and relationship. Thank you, Jesus, you help us, you cause us, you make us to be ones who share and show that love to those around us in Jesus' name. If you feel you need to respond to this further, I encourage you just to speak to somebody. If you've got no one around with you, then maybe just drop it on the chat below or speak in the hub afterwards or send us an email, info at kingdomfaith.com because this is the heart of us as church. Know God and make him known, to, to know him, ginosko him. So I encourage you to do that. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.